This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The BHP Podcast is proudly presented by Dead Down Wind, Stealth Cam, Tinks, Skull Hooker, and Life Coffee. We also want to tell you guys to check out the new Fred Bear Feel Notes Podcast, available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Learn about Fred Bear and his heritage. It's something you're not going to want to miss, and it's one of those things that really bring bow hunters together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. I have myself, James Nopoom, Bob McGee, Kevin Conlon, and Dave will be in and out. Yes. And today, we have our special guest, Logan from Burris Optics. Oh, yeah. Hey, Logan. Yeah. Welcome, sir. How's it going, guys? Hi, Logan. It's going good. It's going good. Today, we're going to talk a little uh, elk hunting. We're almost, it's almost time, boys. Almost And one of these time. days, we're going to get out west, but. I wish we knew what we were doing, but we really don't. Yeah. No, we're going to need a lot of help. <laughs> Anybody so, tells so, you that they uh, know what they're doing about Alcon, they're lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so tell us a little bit about what you have coming up this season for Elk there, Logan. Yeah, I mean, I got all kinds of stuff going on this season, per usual, right? Hunting, hunting all over the place. But, yeah, this year is going to be pretty interesting, um, I think, for, for Elk season. I think uh, a lot of people don't really know what to expect just because of all the, you know, record moisture and, and yeah. the long winter that we had this year. I mean, this year, the winter went so much longer than normal. I mean, our ski resorts were open until Fourth of July weekend, so <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it changed a lot of things. And yeah, I just you know figured you guys might want to chat a little bit about that. And, yeah, for yeah. sure, we're definitely interested, and it's one of the things that we really want to do. You know, before we get to the point where we can't walk around for miles and miles up and down hills and all that, like me, yeah, me. I don't know. You still got it in you. You'll train for a little bit. I need a horse. <laughs> I was thinking ATV or quad. <laughs> Tell us about how, you know, like, how 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 in shape do you really have to be? I mean, it's it's you have to be in pretty good shape to do that, don't you? It depends on where you're hunting and you know your style of hunting, but in, yeah. in general, I'd say pretty in shape. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps. It's not going to hurt um, if you're somebody that's going to hunt. Like location's a big thing. So if you're hunting, you know, western Colorado or even, you know, Arizona where it's not necessarily the highest elevation and you may not be going up the steepest terrain, it's not as big of a deal. But if you hunt where I hunt and you hunt, you know, public land and over the counter units and yeah. you're basically on the continental divide, I mean, 
yeah, you, uh, <laughs> you're breathing heavy, even if you are in shape. <laughs> wow. So how do you start scouting for that, especially on public yeah. land like that? It's, it is tough, man, especially with elk, because they just move so yeah. much. It's, you know, I, I come from Wisconsin where hunting whitetail, they're super patternable. Mm-hmm. That is not the case out here, man. No. These things, they do a little bit of a pattern, but it's like a three- to five-day pattern, and it's such a large range. It's hard to really pattern them. It's more of a, you know, kind of figure out what bulls are in the area with trail cams and by getting up high and then kind of putting glass on them and figuring out what you have to work with. And then when season comes, it's just kind of a matter of, if you see something, you know, you based on where you are in your season and how bad you want your hunt to be over, whether or not you want to take it. Are you spotting stalking? Yeah, so most most elk hunting is, I wouldn't even call it spot and stalk. Um, spot and stalk is like more early season tactic where they're, they're up higher in elevation and you can actually see them. Yeah. So you might be doing some spot and stalk for the first week or maybe two. But then once they start making noise and they get they drop down a little bit lower and they go into their areas where they hit rough and when the you know cows go into estrus, that's pretty much entirely reliant on calling. So it's not spot and stalk because you never see them until they're about twenty yards in front of you. Cool, crazy. Oh, it's that thick, eh? I mean, is that because the woods are so thick you can't see? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You're normally hunting pretty dark timber. Um, it, this elk really like to hang out on just really stupidly steep terrain like 45 to 60 degrees is normally what i look for when i'm scouting on google earth and then you look for those north facing slopes that don't get that much sun so the trees grow way darker and that's where those elk tend to hang out yeah one of our friends from bosa is nate zelinski is a guide in colorado and he was trying to tell us a lot of the things that he does so we're like, well, if we if we come out there, are we gonna tent and sleep out in the woods? He goes, he goes, I don't do that anymore. We're gonna get in the truck, we're gonna drive around, <laughs> and we're gonna try to find something. And at night, we're gonna go back to the hotel and go to bed. Yeah, like I said, you know, like the question about you know how in shape you have to be, it just depends on your style of hunting. Yeah. Some people hunt private, so it's not as big of a deal because yeah. they'll get pushed off the public to the private, so they don't have to hike as much. You have to be more patient in that in that situation. Whereas normally on the public, you just kind of grind it out until something good falls your way. You know? <laughs> What's the average elevation that you're hunting at? Uh, I like to start the season in the first week uh, around 12.5 to 13, um, and then drop down from there. And you know, Normally during that third week of September, uh, during the fall equinox, which is normally when rut kicks off is around that time. That'll be a little different this year, I think, but uh, you know that... That they're normally right around anywhere from ten to twelve during that time. So yeah, and I heard you definitely want to go during bow season because once it gets to gun, they're less active and less apt to uh, answer your calls. Typically, yeah, they do. Like mule deer, normally have kind of two ester cycles, um, so you'll get like a second little weird rut. Um, normally, typically around that first rifle season, but this year in Colorado, I believe they push back that first rifle oh, season, so it doesn't just go right because. That first month of season is all archery. The third week of archery being one week of muzzleloader. And then before that, before this year, it would go right into rifle. But now the rifle season is delayed a week. So, yeah, I mean, it's you're right. If you want that true quintessential, like, elk hunting experience where the bulls are screaming, and, yeah. you know, you're getting to do all the calling, that's a September thing for sure. Um, you will get some calling in you know, October. but yeah. Now, you mentioned something earlier about the weather patterns out there because of the amount of snow and moisture you have. How's that going to change up the season? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question that probably only Nostradamus can answer, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, 
I kind of have my own opinions on what the season is going to be like. And I can tell you some stuff, like, for sure, just based on what I've seen um, compared to previous years. Uh, this year, since the snow was so late, the bulls actually didn't start growing their horns until later. They're delayed about two weeks uh, in their growth compared to previous years. Um, and I just know that based off of camera pictures I have and putting glass on them. But I will say that even though they started later, because of all this moisture, they have so much good quality food. The antler growth is just incredible this year. I mean, even though they started two weeks later, their antlers are already at or above where they were last year at this time. Oh. So they're going to, yeah, you're going to see some record, especially in drier states like Arizona and stuff, you're going to see some just record bulls this year, I think. So you're going you're gonna to expect to see some big 400-plus bulls. <laughs> I don't know about God, that. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, that'd be nice if you could just hunt, like, Unit 1 and 2 and 201 in Colorado every year, but unfortunately that's not how it works. That's not now, how it shakes now, out. Now, as a resident out there, is it a draw for you, or you can? Well, I mean, there are certain units that are draw for everybody, right. and then, I mean, whether you're a resident or non-resident, you can hunt most of the units in Colorado with an over-the-counter license, which is so, you know, that's what's so appealing about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The difference is the price, right? I'm paying sure. like $40 and then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah big difference. Yeah. Yeah, how, how much is out of state now? I want to say it's around $800. i am not sure. Yeah. Wow. Got to commit. Not bad. I mean, if, oh, if, yeah. yeah it's just commit. guaranteed tag. I mean. Yeah, and if you can if you can get it done, I mean, it, they, there's a lot of meat that you get from them, especially oh, yeah. if you take them apart right you now. How the heck do you get them out of there? Like, I'm pack it out. Order it and pack it. Yeah, so I'm a big solo hunter. Like I, I do like hunting with people. I'll take friends out, you know, from the Midwest and stuff that I've never been before. But I, I solo hunting is like my time, right? It's my time to kind of just get away and yeah. yeah so uh, last year when I shot my bull, it was uh, it took me 11 hours to pack it out, six trips. So I was uh, yeah, I shot it just before dark around seven, and I was done at six in the morning, and wow. uh, I. I was so exhausted. I literally couldn't feel my legs anymore, and I passed out. I slept for almost twenty hours straight. <laughs> wow! Now, is there uh, are there bears and stuff that you got to worry about up there? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of bears in Colorado. Like hmm. grizzly bears? Um, no grizzlies, though. Well, oh. well, <laughs> they say there's no grizzlies. They also say there's no wolves or cougars. But, uh, yeah, there's Just a lot like of mountain lions. <laughs> there's a lot of black bears, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of other stuff, but I, you know, don't worry about them when you're an archery hunt. You just pack a sidearm to be safe, especially, you know, just peace of mind for sleeping in a backpack yep. tent or yeah. packing out at night. There's nothing worse than uh, walking out in the dark with a pile of meat on your back. Well, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking about who's, who's hunting who, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, it gets to be, a, especially when you're by yourself, you know, you're like, man, I am glad this Gus is on me right now. Jeez. For sure. So you have your eyes on any yet? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a couple. <laughs> there always is. The, the bad thing is, like last year, I had my eye on just this freaking monster. I mean, for public land over the counter, you typically don't see, like, you yeah. know, 380-inch bulls, but he was just a stud. And I saw him I saw him pretty consistently, and then the week before season, gone, just poof, never saw him again. So Sounds I like deer get, season here. Yeah, yeah, so I try not to get my hopes up too much, and, but then once the cool thing that I that I like my favorite way to hunt them is like I said by calling and what I like to do is you kind of will get a feel for the different bulls like vocal signatures because they all sound pretty unique yeah and 
normally, like during the rut, like when they're in their area that they're going to be in, if you don't bump them out and you don't get pressure from other hunters, typically what I'll do is figure out what the biggest one sounds like. And then in the morning when I let off my location bugle, you hear you know, all the responses. And then you just wait to hear that one sound. And you get, <laughs> you're like, all right, that's the one I'm chasing. That's there, him. Right there. <laughs> yeah, that's him. It's normally a nasty lip ball, you know, at the end of the bugle. And you're like, that's the big boy right there. So. I would just love to hear that one time. Well, I've heard We've got to make this happen. Oh, it's happen. loud. Oh, it just sends, sends shivers up your spine. That's mm. the best way to describe it. Yep. Yeah, man, it'll put the hairs up on your neck. Yep. Just... Yeah. I was lucky enough here in Michigan about seven years ago, after 23 years of putting in for a tag to draw a bull tag, yeah. I wound up taking mine with a rifle. Wow. And nice 6 by 7 it scored 343. Jeez. Well, the, the elk here are kind of like cows. That's how it works. <laughs> and the farmers just want you to you know, Yeah, come that get was them. basically <laughs> it. Private land. Now, I heard that, uh, like, in September or whatever, like, Estes Park, they actually come into the city. That's like if, I don't know, you, you probably can't hunt them there, but you can actually oh, see them there. Is that is that true or? Yeah, so Rocky Mountain National Park is like the actual park itself, and then the city right below the gate is called Estes, and they're down there a lot in the, in the winter, actually, except they get pushed down out of like the high elevations into the city. Uh -huh. They also, during the rut, are just everywhere. I will tell you that if even if you don't like hunting or like it, it, you can be a complete city slicker, it doesn't matter. That is something you should do before you die is go to Estes Park in September because it is phenomenal. Huh. I mean, there are just elk screaming and running all over the place. Hmm. Do they come in any earlier? Because I'm going to be traveling that way <laughs> end of August. <laughs> end of August. I mean, you might be getting into a little bit of a little bit of rut activity, maybe. I especially like this year. I think it's going to be a little bit early, just because you know when you look at like what affects rut, it's yeah. mostly photo period, which is you know time of day, and normally it comes in in my area right around the fall equinox which lands in like the third week of september typically mm -hmm. but another factor is the the fat content in the cows and because they're going to be so well fed this year the fat content is going to be high i think they might go into to esters a little early um, i'm not talking like a whole month early or anything but maybe you know a week mm -hmm. so yeah i mean you might might hear a couple of them talking here's some weak little bugles and you know i know i guess it's possible that'd be cool Playing with the mouse here, it's not working. We'll just forget that it's there. <laughs> oh man! So yeah. what else, Kevin? Glassing. What do you think? You're gonna go out and do this or what? I will. Yeah, I'll go at least. I I wouldn't. I, I got. I got. You guys, guys got to go and film this. I, I'd I'd like to go just film and oh, yeah. just to see it. Oh, just the filming. Get some pictures of it. Yeah, yeah we definitely got to get this plan together. That's for sure. No, I got to... <laughs> A question for you. What made you leave Wisconsin and move to Colorado? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I was going to school uh, at Madison, and I remember just as a kid, we always would take RV trips. I come from a big family. I'm the oldest of nine kids, so we, when we traveled, we took RV trips, and we'd go out west, and I always just loved it. And after, you know, my senior year of college, I got an offer to go uh, work for Cabela's out in Sydney, Nebraska, and I wasn't going to turn that down, so yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what spurred <laughs> it for me. Uh, me and my girlfriend packed up a u-haul and just sent it west and haven't gone back since cool cool isn't sydney the headquarters 
Isn't that their headquarters? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that would be a tough one to say no to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't a very hard decision for me. I was <laughs> the one thing I was a little unsure about is my girlfriend moving out to Sydney, Nebraska with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, she uh, she did, and yeah, I mean, then we went from Sydney down to, to Denver, and I worked on the digital team at Cabela's there for a while, and now I'm at Burris. And you, like I said, you know, you can't beat that forty dollar in-state elk tag. So no, nope. yeah, that's no. That's a good deal. But stay out of Colorado. It's a horrible place. No one come here. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so what's your setup looking like to get this done this year? Your bow and your sight and all that. Yeah. So, you know, I'd I'd love to be running the Oracle, um, but unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, in Colorado, it's one of the five like illegal states. So that's rough. Pull it together, um, Colorado. I know, right? <laughs> well, so I will be using the Oracle when I hunt Nebraska yep. for mule deer and. and Wisconsin for whitetail but, for sure um, in Colorado I'm just running a fixed five pin yeah. viper um, and then I shoot the obsession fx6 oh, so nice. yeah it's uh I like it man it's I'm excited I've been doing a lot of shooting and you know in a couple weeks here actually I'll my antelope tag starts for over the counter archery so hopefully get to arrow a speed goat and mm -hmm. yeah I've been doing a lot of shooting practice I did the total archery challenge in Pennsylvania this year and been shooting a lot so you went back to Pennsylvania to do it, didn't you? Huh. Hmm. I did because I heard that, you know, it's such a, like, I was talking to the guys who run TAC. We did a little sponsorship with them this year, and they were telling me that, you know, the biggest, basically the biggest event in the country is Pennsylvania, so we had to go check that out, and it was an incredible turnout, man. You guys on the East Coast out there had some incredible hunting numbers. Well, we had one here in the, well, just a couple weeks ago up in the northern part of Michigan, yeah. And they started that about four or five years ago, and it's taken off just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a lot of fun. I like being around, you know, like-minded people, and the archery events are always a good time because, I mean, let's be honest, if you're if you're an archer and you archery hunt, you're on, in the top, you know, percentage of hunters. You're yeah. you're pretty good. <laughs> so it's it's fun to, you know, just talk to those, those type of people and, you know, relate to them really well. So That's for sure. Yeah, and then we're trying to get shooting. I was get, I was getting there. I was almost done sighting in that Oracle. <laughs> I mean, I was so close. I just had the 30 and 40 shot, yard shot left, and I brought it back here. We started the video. And the, one of our, my, our tech, Chris, he's like, there's something wrong with that limb there. <laughs> so one of my limbs was delaminating, so we got the new limbs in, and then something's going on with the bolt. So I just put another bow together today, so I'm going to try to get that that video done this weekend <laughs> like it was like everything <laughs> against me i'm like come on hey man that's archery though you know yep. it seems like every single time you get your setup exactly how you want it it's like oh i need a new string I'm like this is so easy i can't wait to do it <laughs> no, somebody's I, like don't be shooting that no more i do I'm a like, lot of you kidding me. i do a lot of 3d shooting with a friend of mine and every time he gets his bow set yeah he wants to change something, and it, it drives <laughs> drives me nuts. <laughs> but we did get a chance to try out the, the 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 binos, and I'm not just saying this; they're awesome. Yeah, like I think our lake's probably 125 acres, is at least a mile and a half across the lake. And I mean, I was seeing there was birds standing in the grass on the other side. I'm like, what? Now, do you do <laughs> any, day. Do you do any rifle hunting? Normally, I don't. Um, the caveat to that, though, is definitely 
there's certain tags that for some reason you can really only get with a rifle. So yeah, right. like out here, it's way harder to get an archery tag for mule deer. Like I'd love to hunt mule deer and velvet out here in the high country, but not going to happen for a while. Yeah. So well, one of so my hunt, uh, one of my bucket lists is that eliminator scope. Oh yeah, Uh-oh. I mean that that thing is so <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Um, I definitely I definitely like that thing a lot. It's really fun. Like. One of the best things you can do, <laughs> I think, maybe this makes me a terrible person, I don't know. <laughs> One of the funnest things you can do in life is sit over a prairie dog colony. With oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and they're just a bucket of ammo, man. <laughs> all day. It is so much fun. Yeah, I think we might have Gosh. to pull that together. <laughs> yeah, because it's just so fast. Like, whether they're at 50 yards or whether they're at 800 yards. You just tap the button, get the distance to hold over, and just smoke them and watch them explode. It's a ton of fun. <laughs> Jeez. Well, correct me if I'm I'm wrong, but doesn't that scope light? Doesn't the reticle light to where you got to drop the bullet once you put the 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 caliber, the weight, all that stuff into it? Yeah, you're exactly right. It's really simple. It, just to set the scope up, you just plug in your ballistics info. And then, yeah, yeah, you put your crosshairs on the target, push the button, it tells you how far the target is. It's an it unbelievable your, your scope. Over. Oh, wow. Good yeah. Lord. And, you know, we've had it for, what, 10 years yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> it's been proven out. We got Since 1971, Burris has so. been the leader in optics innovation, and that continues today with products like the new Oracle Range Finding Bowsight. Burris offers the best value on the market today. Their optics are durable, reliable, and affordable. Everything they offer from red dots and rifle scopes to their binos and bow sights are backed by their forever warranty. Burris. Find what matters. For 20 years, StealthCam has been at the forefront of trail camera development and innovation. From the industry's first 4K ultra-high-definition DS4K and the XV4's advanced high-resolution night imaging to the latest in wireless technologies, StealthCam continues to deliver the highest quality, most reliable trail cameras available. Your images begin at StealthCam.com. Coffee break If you're looking for premium coffee for those who grind every day, if life is an adventure and not just a routine, grind life is for you. You could be an adventurer, military person, first responder, outdoorsman, factory worker, or just red-blooded patriotic American. Grind life is here to help you achieve success in everything you do. Visit GrindLifeCoffee.com and tell them BHP Podcast sent you. And enjoy a fresh brew just like us. I'm getting ready uh, to take one of those motorhome trips you're talking about. I'm leaving uh, this week and heading out to Glacier National Park and Heck yeah. going to uh, Washington, Oregon, Northern California, and then maybe coming back through Colorado. <laughs> no, Heck no. yeah, man. Well, if you need a place to crash, let me know. Yeah, I got a, I got the motorhome to crash, but you can take me out and show me some elk. <laughs> <laughs> Just drive right through Estes, man. You'll have think, no problem finding them. That's what I think I'll do, man. And then he gets back, and we're going to uh, South Dakota, South Dakota muleys. Nice. Yeah. What other hunts do you guys got planned this year? I think 2020 we're going to do bear again. I think yeah, that's okay. going to do a big bear hunt up in White Royal Somewhere in Canada, if not. White River. 
And then uh, I don't think I mean we gotta we gotta do the elk thing sooner than later. Yeah, it's driving me crazy. I'd love yeah. to. I'd like to <laughs> love to get the group out somewhere and just elk hunt. I mean, we we the pretty much. The thing about the elk hunting is, you know, once you do it once, you're, you're gonna end up doing it every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't even think you're gonna come one time. Don't even try it. Yeah. You'll end up moving here. Is what's gonna happen. It's bad. I can't. It's not that bad. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm just gonna find somewhere to work. <laughs> yeah. We're thinking about. I mean, depending on how South Dakota goes, we might shoot down to ne- Nebraska and buy one of them over the counter tags too. Let's just go down to Iowa. Yeah, we were we yeah, were I mean, looking we were I looking at the, the north the northwest northwest gotcha. corner of Nebraska. Okay, yeah, by the sand hills and stuff. Yep. Yeah, because we could use a crossbow there, so yeah. we might do yeah, a, I, uh, a so bow hunt. When I was living in Sydney, obviously, I mean, I hunted all over in Nebraska. Yeah. There's some there's some good hunting there, that's for sure. And it's a pr- public land, right? Yeah, there's quite a good there's quite a good amount of public land for sure, especially in the area that you mentioned. I mean, that's that's pretty much all public. Yeah, that's what we're thinking. And there's good like I think Nebraska is one of the biggest sleeper states for whitetail. Hmm. I, I mean, it, it's pretty incredible because, you know, everybody that goes to Nebraska or lives in Nebraska, they see the mule deer right, and they're like, oh man, these things are huge, and then they see a whitetail. Well. <laughs> You know, 180-inch whitetail might look small next to a mule deer. Right. But in reality, 180-inch whitetail is a monster. I know. It's like, a monster oh, yeah. deer. Oh, yeah. So, so they get used to seeing the mule deer, and I think it makes them pass on a lot of those, like, decent whitetails. So they end up just getting really old age class and getting huge. Oh, wow, that'd be something. But. All right. People are taking off. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be something. So, and I know they have some... An over-the-counter there where you could buy a tag and shoot either or hmm. uh, whitetail or muley so yeah yeah the deer tags a deer tag so it's you know yeah have you ever hunted in uh, North Dakota hunted where North Dakota um I have not I did South Dakota this year for turkey that was my first time in the Dakotas hunting and uh, yeah, I, I'd like to do North Dakota someday I mean yeah where did you go turkey hunting? Uh, we were just actually north of, like, the Pine Ridge area. Okay, yeah, yeah, in the south, southwest up there. Yeah, and that was cool, man. I I went up there to do an archery hunt, but that's when that huge winter storm hit, that blizzard. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, uh, luckily, I brought the bat, the shotgun as a backup. I was shooting two with one shot, so that was pretty Ooh. crazy. Wow. Ooh, now, what kind, of, what kind of uh, turkey are those? Oh, those are Rios out there. Oh, Rios. Hmm. Those are what we saw when we were in uh, Custer. Yeah, yeah, those yep. are pretty cool. We never shot a Rio. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to eventually get all, what, five of them there? <laughs> Did you, uh, is that an over-the-counter buy, or? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. What what time, that was September, you said? Oh, turkeys? No, yeah. that was spring this year. Yeah. Oh, spring. Do yeah, September to... September for me. You won't find me turkey hunting in September. No. <laughs> <laughs> me either, even though they're walking all over and they're legal. I'm not shooting them. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's just, you know, September here is, is, is sacred elk time, man. It's yeah. all 30 days is sacred. Yeah. How long does that season go till? Uh, so the archery elk is September 1 through 30th, basically. It's the whole month of September. Okay. 
And yeah, I mean, I try to be out there as much as I can, especially once the rut starts, because yeah, it's just, I feel like I might not live here forever and just all those days I can spend learning how to call them and interact with them, you know, yeah. just progresses me that much more. So I just try to spend as much time out there as I can. Now, once you get them moving towards you, is that, is it pretty easy to keep them coming or do they spook easy or? Man, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just so different. Sometimes yeah. you get, sometimes you get these, they just are so fired up. It's like, they, they know you're there. They don't care. They're just coming to run you over. Uh -huh. And then sometimes they're so spooky and skittish and, you're like you're a thousand pound animal with hundred pounds of horn. Why are you so afraid? Well, yeah, they're like you know, they're like a whitetail walking through the woods, all sketched out. It's kind of like bear hunting. They yeah. know they're the biggest, baddest thing around, but they just don't care. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, so you know, you said that you may not see them till they're twenty yards away. So <clears throat> let's say that you know you've worked this thing in; it's twenty yards away. Something goes wrong; you don't get them. A chance of that same bull coming back are pretty slim. You got to start over on another one, or what? What happens? Yeah, I mean, you guys are all full of great questions. Uh, it totally depends on how bad you blow them out. Like, mm -hmm. if if they're coming into you and you're not like kicking them out of their bedding area and they just kind of get scared off a little bit, chances are they're going to stay there. So I just back out and leave them alone for even a day or two before you go back in. Uh -huh. But that's a really big thing. Like, once I figure out where they are, I. Sometimes I'll wait a whole day or even two for the right opportunity wind-wise to actually go in and make a play on them because one, typically once you bust them out, they're gone by country oh, yeah. miles. Okay, that's what mm -hmm. I wanted. So that 24 hours you're waiting, you're like not getting any sleep or anything, eh? <laughs> well, well, normally what happens is, you know, you'll, you'll be on them in the morning, they'll get into their bedding area, and they bed where they do for a reason. They typically bed on benches in super steep areas. That way they can... They can smell you because the wind swirls there. They can see up. They can see down. And there's just eyes everywhere, right? So normally to get after them in the bedding area, you have to wait for, like, just that perfect opportunity. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Like, sometimes you just got to walk away and wait for the, another day where the wind is going to be right or you'll try to catch them coming in or out of the bedding area, you know? Have you ever hunted them out of a, a stand? No. Um, my favorite thing about elk hunting is definitely the <laughs> – the calling aspect and okay. up in a stand, you can't really do that. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Well, now, cool. You, now you got oh. one last question. So, have you know, like how white tails in the rut they'll like fight each other and stuff? Have you seen two bucks go at it with the elks? Dude, the elk when they rut is terrifying. Like when they're fighting, yeah. <laughs> you can hear you can hear it from so far away. And sometimes it'll happen at night. You know, you'll be sleeping in your tent. You just hear screaming and just crashing of antlers. Mm -hmm. And it is just vicious, man. Wow. I don't. You don't get to see a lot of the fighting because, again, it's pretty dense where they are. Yeah. But you can hear it, man. It just sounds nasty. And seeing, I mean, I've actually heard that. I forget what the statistic is, but actually a lot of the elk fighting ends up fatal. Oh, um, wow. So they'll literally fight to the death, which is kind of crazy. No okay. Lord. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing that I was going to say to you guys that I think is huge just for your guys' listeners who are thinking about heading out west this year is figure out something for the mosquitoes because Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this, like, I'm telling you, it is nasty this year. Mm. Like, the previous years, no mosquitoes in Colorado, right? Like, that's one of the uh -huh. reasons I moved out here. This year, they are freaking everywhere, even in the super high elevations because of all that moisture. Moisture, so. yeah. Yeah, here is terrible, too. A, I remember when this thermosel first came out. 
<laughs> and I went and got one, and it was the best thing I ever bought in my yeah. life. So yeah, I mean, those those work great, but they don't light in, in high elevations, so yeah. keep that in mind. And then we Sawyer, Sawyer products. Sawyer, Sawyer products help us to your have teeth. You, have you used any of the Sawyer products? <laughs> have what? Have you used any of the Sawyer products with the permethamin? Permethaninum? I, I have. <laughs> I have not. Um, oh. I was actually just looking up, like, hey, what am I going to do about these mosquitoes? Because I have an older thermocell that you know have to light the beach. Yeah. I guess the newer ones are battery powered, so they oh, okay. work in higher elevation. But yeah, check, yeah, check out Sawyer. They make a product, and you you spray it on your hunting clothes, and you let it dry. Okay. And you don't have to redo it. It's good for like months. Months. Yeah. And it doesn't smell? No, nope, absolutely it's, no. nothing. It's a derivative of the chrysanthemum flower, so it's huh. a natural product. And they make stuff that goes on your skin as well, but it's like Dave just went to Texas to hunt, right? And uh, he's the only one that knew about this stuff, and he sprayed it all over his clothes. And I guess everybody else there got chiggers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like got tore up by him, and he didn't get touched. Yeah. I mean, Damn. it stops the ticks. And you the, I've watched the ticks jump on me and jump directly off. You could put them on your tent. You could put them on your bed. Anything. You, it, Any you, let, it, you let it dry, and you don't know. It's, we use it for bear hunting, and the yeah. bears are coming in. So do you get the spray stuff, or do you get the stuff that's in the bottom? It's spray, spray, and then we spray down. Yeah. You just, just spray, spray all your, your hunting clothes down, your boots, your side. I'm just so I'm, – I'm one of those people that's super scent paranoid, so I'm, like, dead down winding everything I own. Yeah. This absolutely has no smell to it. Once it dries, we, we have we have uh, we hunt we hunt bear with it, and like Bob and I went to Quebec, and the I mean the black flies were like, literally when a bear would come in, he would have a cloud with him, and uh, we I did all my clothes, and these bears are coming in, fifteen yards away, and their sense of smell is yeah. incredible. You as you know yep. for a bear, yep. never a problem. Never wow. A problem. Well. Hey, I learned something today. You guys helped me out huge. Cool. I was just scouting this last week, and I was getting eaten alive, man. Yeah, yeah. Just read the reviews, and I'm pretty sure that's yeah. it'll help you at least. And it, <laughs> and it, it, it keeps ticks off too. Yeah. Cool. We don't have much ticks out here, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, one more thing I wanted to—you guys asked about the tree stand stuff. So I know that some people do hunt on elk out of tree stands. They really? will sit over like wallows and stuff. Oh that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But this year, wallows are going to be pretty much irrelevant. Yeah, there's water everywhere. Yeah, there's there's water everywhere, man. It's going to be a free-for-all. So <laughs> if you have listeners who typically sit wallows as their strategy, it's, I would not rely on that this year. Okay. Yeah, it's good sure. to well, yeah, man. Thanks for all that good info and <laughs> getting us more excited about Elkhorn. We just got to get it done. Yeah. Just well, these days, butts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you good luck. You can't far enough in advance that you can't, like, bail on it. Oh, that's for sure, yeah. Good well, luck with your... I think it's uh, mostly the wife thing. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with your fall hunt. If you get anything, you got to... If I drop 5000 and come back with nothing, I'm going to hear about you it. You got to call Dave and us back and let us know what you got. <laughs> yeah, for sure I will. Yeah, we got, I got a couple friends coming out this year, too, and we'll see. Hopefully we can fill some tags. So. That'd be great. Cool. Definitely. Good luck. And, uh, Good luck. Stay yep. safe out there. Yep, be safe. Rock on, guys. Thanks for having me. Take no care. Problem. Bye. And that, uh, that's the episode, and catch us next time on Bowhunter Planet Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.